0: there's a real proliferation of dating apps of really various kinds. We've got POM, which is for music lovers. Uh, Thursday is an app that only works on Thursdays. Raya is an exclusive um, dating app for uh, people with large Instagram followings. And there's even Bristler, which is an app if you like beards. So there's a very different amount of variety at the moment.
1: Is love in the air, as the old song goes, or is it in the app? 40% of couples now find each other via digital dating services. It's not the singles bar anymore. It's not the friends of friends. It's not the other traditional ways. Today, that means dating apps, and that's an $8.5 billion opportunity by 2024, Welcome to Mobile Heroes Uncensored. Today, we're doing a deep dive into dating data, how to win in dating apps. My name is John Kutsir. My co host, of course, is Peggy and Salts. Peggy, who are we chatting with?
2: Thanks, John. And it is true. We're doing this, and timing's great, right? Because we are around that period. Spring is in the air. Love is in the air. Valentine's. day well, we're sometime.
1: late. We're late. We should have done this a month ago and given people no. all kinds of info. Valentine's is over. We had a horrible day. We were crying, you know, <laughs> alone. All that. No, I'm just joking. But you I know, got hey. a
2: present. I don't know about you. But...
1: <laughs> I got chocolates.
2: <laughs> there you go, John. I can see it. No, what we did was we gave everyone a chance to digest this amazing data report. And it takes a while. So we gave them that chance. Now we're going to look at it, right? And we have two people, the authors of this report, to tell us about it. So we have James Haslam. He is Senior Marketing Insights Manager at Liftoff, Fungal. He's, of course, an analyst, but he's also had six years of experience in mobile ad tech. And prior to that, he was working over at MMP Adjust. He lives in Berlin. I know him really well, collaborated with him as well. So welcome, James.
0: Cool. Thank you for having me.
2: And I said it was a duo, right? We have Mikhail Orpana, Senior Marketing Manager, Liftoff & Vungle. In addition to that, he also leads marketing for Insights for Game Refinery and the publisher Self-Serve. And before that, Mikhail built Game Refinery's marketing up from the ground up to what we see today. And in his spare time, Mikhail is into gaming and crypto. Welcome, Mikhail.
3: Thanks. Great to be here.
1: Super happy to have you both here. Maybe let's start here. There's a lot to look at in dating. There's so much that we're going to get into. What's converting? What's working? What are the costs? Are there platform differences? All that stuff. Maybe let's start here. Who are the top players? Is it all the names that we've always heard? Or are there some newcomers here as well?
0: So... I mean, Tinder is pretty much synonymous with dating apps right now. And of course, there's Bumble. You've heard of Plenty of Fish, which is a bit older. And then for the German audience, of course, there's Um, Lavu. But these apps have been around for a a very, very long time. Tinder launched in 2012, Bumble 2014. Um, And since that time, like tons has changed. In fact, there's a real proliferation of dating apps of like really various kinds. We've got POM, which is for music lovers. Uh, Thursday is an app that only works on Thursdays raya is an exclusive um dating app for uh people with large instagram followings and there's even bristler which is an app if you like beards. so there's a very (laughs) different amount of variety at the moment um and these are just the ones known in the uk uh we also i mean yeah
1: a dating app you can only use on thursday that's a new one to me peggy
2: i mean you know if it's crowding you have to stand out right and these are some cool ones i hadn't heard about them at all but uh You can imagine that uh, they're not just about dating they're probably just about meeting people i mean we're in we're in lockdown it's just thursdays i'm bored let's do it (laughs) let's talk let's connect
0: yeah and in fact um, dating apps have become so popular in terms of uh, how many people are submitting them to the app stores that apple recently had to update their guidelines just to avoid the amount of uh, dating apps and just temper inflow. so now apps have to be a unique proposition hence why we've got all these kind of interesting mm-hmm. different variety of of unique propositions as it were. Well. wow i'm gonna start one that's only mondays <laughs> another one that's only fridays
1: <laughs> unique
2: indeed so we're looking at a number of apps but they all have something in common and that's you know the cost, the cost to acquire a user, even if they're going to use it on a Thursday. Um, what are we looking at in dating? How are they trending up or down? James and Mikhail as well.
3: Yeah, so I think you know, overall costs are a bit on the rise. If we look at the average cost for the year, it was a little over two and a half dollars globally. But you know, by the time we got into you know October, we're looking at, you know, over four and a half dollars, and that's a double year on year. So we're all the clear trend that it is, oh, um, UA costs are
1: increasing. And I'm guessing that differs significantly by region, correct?
0: Yeah, just with re- regards to UA, it costs a little less to get European users on board, but it is significantly more costly to get them to make a purchase. There could be you know a multitude of reasons why that might be, but it just seems that European users are a bit tighter in purse strings. In North America, it's much the opposite. So American and Canadian users are, five times as more likely to make a purchase as those European users. In APAC, it's it's sort of in the middle. They have a high conversion or a high cost of registration. So it, it costs much more for them to actually get on the app, but that might be because a lot of apps in particularly Japan make their mail users pay upfront. So mm. um, that might just drive up the cost to convert. Um, again, one of many factors, but over in Japan, the registration cost is about $15. Wow. So that's a good segue, because we wanted to also not just talk about
1: um, acquisition, but retention. And that is about converting people who just install the app into a registered user or a subscriber. How difficult is that? And what kind of costs are we looking at there?
0: It really depends on the model when it comes to converting a user onto an app. As as I've kind of stated, if you're putting a paywall up in front of a user before they've even had a chance to use it, that will drive up costs quite significantly. Users also have to do a tonne. It's not like getting a hyper-casual game where you're pretty much into the action as soon as you've downloaded the app. You have to <laughs> make a profile. You have to accept terms. Uh, in some cases, you actually have to upload driver's license or ID. All of these things create issues for the user whether they want to download something or not. So um, that all makes it much less likely for you know users to convert than they might. And that's why we see a conversion rate of about 50% between the install and the registration.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you see significant differences between
0: iOS and Android here? We do actually, uh, and it was a bit of a surprise what we found out. Android installs cost less that much we would expect. but and we also see that iOS users register a bit higher about two times as much as Android. So they are certainly like better quality looking users. But the surprise is that it costs more to convert an Android user where we would expect it to normally cost a little less. That's probably hmm. to do with app makeup. But it's certainly interesting, as we would always expect Android costs to be slightly lower.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So you've got the differences in platforms. There's also seasonal differences. And maybe there's times when you can get one or the other. I'm not sure. But we just had Valentine's Day. That's the best time, probably. I'm assuming maybe not. Maybe it's too loud, and it's not the best time to be marketing a dating app. What are some of the seasonal trends you're seeing, or is it just like love is universal? Every month <laughs> we're interested in it.
3: Well, I think maybe the difference is that you know when, how are people looking for love? Um, and I think it's of course you have Valentine's Day and seasonally need that sense, but you can also um, think about it in terms of, for example, time of year. So During the summer months, people are going out a lot more um, looking for love, perhaps the old-fashioned way. But then, again, you know, you're getting colder winter months. People are at home, especially the past few years during quarantine. You're spending a lot more time on your phone and trying to find love that way. So I think, you know, maybe a different type of seasonality there.
2: That's super interesting. Oh, sorry. go Go ahead, Peggy. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say you any go recommendations based on that because you know you've been doing dating apps for a while. I've read the other ones you've did. You've done one dating app that was really just a really cool infographic. It was all there in one place. Any seasonal trends where you can say you know this is the season to focus on or this is a better time to market?
0: I mean, so on a weekly basis, we always see that usage spikes on Sunday. That's pretty much across mm-hmm. the board. And most people are accessing apps throughout the day, but on a yearly basis really September October as it's known in Germany uh Peggy cuffing season is very popular and that seems to be the time when people are most likely to try apps out um and certainly yeah up up right until Christmas and then and then use kind of slows down so I think for a lot of Uh, at marketers probably the best time to produce seasonal offers is around september or october if you really want to get people who are just actually using the app for the first time or um, just know that this is the season to be searching it's probably Mm -hmm. the best time
2: so right after that vacation relationship hit the skids (laughs) it's time to get get, into the dating app in september all right
1: I was thinking it's a little tough on the Thursday app if, you know, the busiest time is Sunday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, it sucks to be me. I mean, (laughs) but I'm (laughs) guessing there's a niche. I'm guessing there's a niche. There always is. Uh, We're talking about a lot of differences, uh, platform, time, region, all that stuff. What about targeting men versus targeting women? Uh, Do you see significant differences there?
3: Well, I... You know, of course varies by region and your app is, you know, seeing more men versus women, which is quite common. In these cases, I think in terms of targeting your campaign optimizations, what you can do is, are you, for example, like if you're trying to grow your female audience you're focusing on top of funnel UA metrics. Whereas if you're, and in that case you, on the male side, you would be looking more at bottom funnel campaign metrics like ROAS, for example. Um, But I think it might also then different in terms of the creatives you're using. So if you're of course, you know, trying to grow a male audience, then you would be focusing more on creatives that feature um, are predominantly featuring women and then vice versa. But it might also then, of course, something that we see in apps is that it, there might also be differences in terms of perks that you offer. So if you're trying to grow a female audience, they might get some free perks, whereas male registered friends won't see the same benefits. Right.
2: I have to interject, John, because obviously I'm not in dating apps and they've changed since I might have been checking them out. What, what are these What are these? Perks and purchases. I mean, what is it that I'm buying into now in a dating app? And and is there any way to differentiate there that you've seen very interesting? I remember it was you know a lot of gifting, and I remember even you could um, you know give someone a, a six pack, for example, and uh, flowers, and this goes back a ways. And they there were apps that did this, John. <laughs> and I'm sure we're past that.
3: Yeah, a six-pack.
2: <laughs> <Best> <laughs> Seriously. Is and that like a, a fitness deal. subscription a virtual... or something
1: like that to get a six-pack? Or is that like the six-pack that you just <laughs> stomp, on, <laughs> stomp on
3: the table?
2: These were valuable gifts, and they were paid with virtual currency. It was a big deal. But what are, what are they like now? And and how are you seeing maybe some apps differentiate or, or how they market them?
0: It's... Bit of a smorgasbord, but there are kind of trends. They all have Mm -hmm. different names, but they all generally do the same thing. You'll get some in-app purchases where you're just trying to get someone's attention. So you send in Tinder terms, that's a super like, Mm -hmm. but you're basically getting your profile to the top of someone else so that they can see you. And that's if you really like someone. You also have subscription tiers. So they'll have features. I'll, I'll go back to Tinder again. You can see who likes you so that cuts out a lot of nonsense where you can just you know swipe through people that have already indicated interest and then there's also unlockables such as being able to put choose your location so you can send yourself out Mm -hmm. anywhere and around in the world if you're a frequent traveler post-pandemic hopefully then you might use that app in advance of going somewhere so there's perks like that um that that are either one-offs or part of the subscription package So Let's jump back on the acquisition
1: side of things. Obviously, we have, if we're a dating marketer, the full suite of types of ads at our disposal to acquire new users. What's working best and and how do you make sure your ad and all the elements of it stand out?
0: I, do I have an answer for you, John? So, <laughs> I hope we, so. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit of a long one, so feel free to interject and break me up. But in one of our Mobile Heroes interviews, uh, Takahiro Matagi, a CMO of Diverse, which is a Japanese dating app, he says, that the truth is most ad creators for dating apps look the same, which isn't exactly the most resounding or most confident note to start on. But there are things that can make your app stand out as long as the execution is tip top. I've spoken to a few people on our creative team. And some of the ideas that they've shared are things like banners, which probably have the largest share of ad spend, like, you know, that our machine learning figures out. They tend to be chat banners. So you'll see an image, scrolling text, hey, how are you, let's meet, let's chat. And those are highly effective and probably most major dating apps will utilize them. One test that we did versus like so that sort of chat banner performs 68 percent better in terms of installs than any other logo or any other type of banner that they've produced so far so we know those are highly effective in terms of other formats such as interstitials we have three tips right i'll just quickly run through because they're much larger you can actually fit a whole message pipeline down so you can really tailor what it is you want your your potential users to see or potential users like what they would say. So you're suggested to model your conversation as closely to what you would expect to see in a dating app rather than something much more ridiculous that people may not uh, find authentic. Photos is obviously the most important part of these apps. Um, You obviously don't want to just put loads of models in your pictures because people may just think again this isn't authentic this isn't going to find me you know the person that I'm looking for so try to find the right pictures of people that may actually be using your app in real time and then a fun fun tip is if you may want to make your app seem more local put a map and put pin drops in this will just Mm -hmm. suggest that okay you can actually find people in your local area again just a simple tip on that side
2: So those are the way that you get my attention, right? And that's important. But you also want to turn these potential daters in app. You want to convert them into paying users, subscribers. What works best? What are you seeing?
0: I go back to another mobile hero, this time Jiway Neo of Tinder, who said that you need to have a strong alignment among creatives, app store pages, onboarding process, the UX, the UI, and of course CRM. While the first impression is really what counts, making that impression consistent throughout your app journey. Just make sure that people understand what is on offer and feel confident enough to make a purchase. It's not it's not good enough just to have different various things with different tones of voice appearing in front of the user to confuse them. So mm-hmm. essentially, one is a, a good dating app experience. I think that's what will keep people coming back. And then also making sure that you hit people with the right offer at the right time, as we would always say. Mm-hmm.
1: James, I actually love that answer because um, what you said at the top there was, making sure it's clear what is on offer, what people can get and how to get it. Um, That rings true with me, not because I'm in dating apps, but because in my favorite mobile game, I keep getting sold something that I don't know what it's for. <laughs> it's yeah. some sort of advantage in the game, but I wouldn't know where to use it or how <laughs> to use it. And so, you know, you can sell it to me as much as you want, but if I don't know what it's for, how to use it, or how it advantages me in any way, I'm not going to buy. So, clarity really, really matters. Cool. We're going to end here and we always ask people this and it's always interesting to see what people have to say. We're going to ask each of you in turn what your top three tips for mobile marketers in the dating app vertical are heading into 2022. Mikhail, I think we'll start with you and then we'll go with James. Your top three tips for mobile marketers.
3: Um, Well, I think my number one tip would be localization. So I think it's important to, especially nowadays, if we, look at how competitive the dating app market is, that you're actually tapping into those local needs because there's a lot of variation between markets, um, what people are looking for, what people are expecting, sort of to James's earlier point, and that you're tapping into that need. And that's also why some of the new apps that we're seeing and some of the ones that James Mentioned earlier on why they're seeing success is that they're sort of tapping more into that, you know, local environment. And for example, what people want from a dating app in a city is not necessarily the same thing as what you'll want from a dating app in, for example, a more rural area. Yes, I think another thing is safety. So, if anybody's watched Tinder Swindler recently, is that you know, of course. While a lot of people are looking for love and that's, you know, the the main reason people use it, there are also, you know, people out there who are using dating apps for more nefarious purposes. And I think that's where it's important to balance, balance that, balance safety between actually, know, providing that experience so that people can then actually truly find love and not just believe they are. And then, for example, that example getting swindled. Um, Or worse. or or worse, exactly, you know, which, you know, is, we definitely, nobody wants that. And then I think the third one is that if we think about the past few years, we've all been in quarantine, we've been sitting at home. I think, you know, a lot of people are looking for that right person more than ever, but at the same time, you have this enormous amount of apps and it may be hard to distinguish which one is the right for you And that, you know, authentic experience is that you make it more, make your marketing more authentic by, for example, hosting local events. And then that can also be leveraged for content, ads and so forth in a more authentic manner than just what I think is what typically the experience may be that it's sort of this stock image um, library that people are running.
1: Very cool. Very cool, Michael. Thank you. That's great. Uh, James, did he leave anything for you? Is there anything else? Do you have an additional tip or did he just steal all the good ones?
0: <laughs> I and mean, I would like to build on what Mikhail says, especially around localization. I mean, Peggy, I think we've talked about localization in every report we've ever, ever collaborated on, so it's definitely a lesson I know very well. But um, there's, there's a lot of nuance. It's not even just um, translations, as I think many of us know but even and i hate to say it john and peggy but some apps just might be too american for a european audience (laughs) and um and messaging like that may may that may work in one very specific scenario may not may just totally die um die out when it when it reaches a new market and but then even extending onto that it becomes something about customs i mean matchmaking is a super sensitive topic especially in more conservative regions Mm -hmm. but uh still worth the i think time to kind of break through and provide people with these like important services so essentially for ua to work for a lot of these companies is heavily investing in localization and working with people on the ground to make sure that their app isn't turning people off i think that's that's pretty key Mm. and yes to build on the third point certainly we'll see more and more companies doing events because as 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 is mentioned we've spent Two years being told to stand two meters apart. Maybe mm-hmm. now it's time that we try and bring people together. Um, and that just means that while not strictly UA, it will certainly mean more of a push to uh, getting people together in events. And that's that's part of your guys' favorite dating app Thursday. That's part of their strategy. They specifically <laughs> do events on Thursdays now. Don't tell me I was just
2: going to say, you together. meet on a Thursday. I was going to say, brainstorm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here.
0: And you know, Rain if way. you and find then- somebody you like, then
1: you meet on the Friday. I mean, the, it's yeah, perfect, right? Wow, nice. Well, that is awesome, James. That is awesome, Mikhail. Thank you so much. We do appreciate all the insight that you had to offer. If you're listening to the audio podcast, check out the YouTube because we'll be showing snippets of the report and other things that James and Mikhail have created. Isn't that correct, Peggy?
2: Absolutely. And as usual, you know, it's just great to have you put some context to the data and not just the numbers, but some explanations, something that marketers can really benefit from, can learn from. Thanks for sharing. You've been on our show that shows that we shine a light on the best and coolest marketers or people who know about the market. And Hey, if you're listening in and you think you have these superpowers, you want to be a mobile hero, check out the page over at liftoff, or just ping us John on LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And -hmm. we'll set you up with your own show.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Peggy. Thanks, James. Thanks, Mikhail. It was a real pleasure.
0: Cool. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks.